Welcome back to Dads on the Air, coming to you around Australia on the Community Radio Network. In this program, we bring you informing and entertaining conversations with a wide range of interesting people on topics of fatherhood, family and parenting, men's and boys' issues. Hi, I'm Bill Cable, and with me in the studio today is James Winter. James uh, graduated as an actor from the Centre for the Performing Arts in Adelaide, and since then he's gone on to be a theatre director a community cultural development arts worker, and he is the co-founder and director of Brand X Productions. He is also a contracted theatre director for Belvoir's Youth Express Education Program, and he has previously worked in Cairo in Egypt with African artists in exile to establish self-determining community cultural development projects that include micro-business, cultural events and performance. James, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Bill. So, uh, James, we're particularly interested in your work with Youth Express. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, basically uh, it's an education program of Belvoir uh, in Surrey Hills, in, in Adel- uh, sorry, in, a, in Sydney, <laughs> uh, which uh, pretty much engage youth at risk in the uh, professional experience of putting on a production uh, for Belvoir on, on a Belvoir stage. So it tries to replicate towards the end of the program uh, what a professional actor would experience when we bring in composers, designers, costume designers, stage management, um, technical um, services. Essentially, it's about them having an opportunity to tell their story, and my job is to give them the skills of which to tell that story as articulately as possible. You have specialist skills in creating performance with non-performers, in particular marginalised or at-risk communities with a burning story to tell. And I I guess that is the link with the John Byrne School and the Key College? Yeah, that's right. They're two of the schools, two out of four schools that the Youth Express program engages with on an annual basis. Uh, So we've been working with Key College, which is uh, Father O'Reilly's Youth Off the Streets program, uh, for around about 15 years now, I think. Uh, and so over the course of that 15 years, the school has just got it. So it's an absolute delight working with that organisation and their young people because they understand that this is a very powerful tool for the young people to engage with. And they exit the program not only with a sense of confidence of you know, facing the fear of being in public eye and telling their story, but they also feel validated that their experience is unique, it's valuable, and that it has something to teach us as a mainstream society. After your many years working with trained actors, uh, what got you involved in working in these projects with people who are not just amateurs, but they're uh, amateurs really in strife sometimes it's actually kind of the first gig you get when you graduate it's like you know a local school or a or a youth service will say hey we've got these kids and they kind of have you know expressed a desire to be creative can you come in and do some workshops so in actual fact it was one of my first professional gigs was to work at a local school with some kids that kept getting you know um, um, expelled <laughs> and it was an attempt to try to keep them engaged and basically just over the course of 
of my career, I've just found the experience to be far more worthwhile and challenging than uh, working in mainstream with professional actors telling a, you know, a produced, produced story. This is far more interesting and far more important for us as a society to realise there are different and uh, diverse stories out there apart from the white middle class experiences that we see in mainstream television, film and theatre stages across Australia. Because you get the the people you work with to actually write the stories as well as act out the parts, don't you? Yes, that's right. Well, it starts off with an introduction to drama through improvisation and stupid fun games. And essentially through that, I get an understanding of what people's experiences are like and what kind of pushes their buttons and not. So then the program changes quite quickly into being a process where we push ideas as far as we can to be able to find a clear narrative, a linear story, and then through that then it's yeah, it's it's a writing literature process of of writing fictional stories that come from an absolute base of truth. So it's about protecting the author and the authors by creating a hypothetical situation. But weirdly enough, that hypothetical situation is never too far from Mm. where the truth has come. I suspect they have a a wealth of personal experience to draw on when they come to you with their stories well quite often the audience actually walks away going is that really true and it's Mm. kind of like yes and it actually Mm. represents a a phenomenally large um, uh, collective experience that we just kind of deny or we actually just don't even give space for those stories Mm. to exist Uh, so I guess that's why I'm so entrenched in this work is because it is actually also reminding um, the public that these stories exist, but also that these people have the opportunity to teach us about our lives because we're not too different from them. Which is a, a very worthy aim, but I imagine there are all sorts of challenges. So, uh, What do you see as the real challenges in working with these marginalised and at-risk communities? It's always fear, and it's mm. always fear of being um, humiliated. Mm. So pretty much we start off with the improvisation, so there's a real sense of light, fun, excitement, energy. It's almost like you're creating without being conscious, so it's just fast-paced, loud, crazy, crazy workshops, which then uh, once we get into the really serious, nitty-gritty kind of um, drama, pathos, discovery, mining kind of stuff, I ask them to still keep that kind of energy in creating. But at the end of the day, it always happens where we're in the theatre, the audience, we can hear them in the foyer, and it's, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. Mm. And it's like, we're doing this, we're committed to this. This is what, this whole program exists so that you feel what it's like to have actually achieved something you committed to and that you have to rest rest assured that everyone who's walking through that door in the next five minutes actually wants you to succeed or else they wouldn't have rocked up. And so... Um, the only challenge you have is to face your own fear and to trust yourself and to trust your your, your fellow actors on stage and uh, deliver what we've been rehearsing for the last 10 weeks. It must be something of a turnaround. You know, you, I can imagine you've got these 
tough boys who want to show how tough they are to their mates and then all of a sudden they're put in a very vulnerable situation where they're they're on a stage and they might make up all sorts of excuses as to you know, why they don't want to go on with it. Oh, absolutely. And there's been many, many performances where we've actually literally thrown a art, you know an actor on stage because <laughs> mm. uh, it's the only way in which to make it actually happen. And, you know, I think it's been 99% of the experience has been positive. So it's very worthwhile to kick someone onto stage so that they can actually achieve... Uh, success but it's interesting because um, you know I, I do this work and as a director in this context it's almost like um, you're a journalist an investigative journalist because you're actually looking for the vulnerability you're looking for the touchstone to humanity that goes way over all sectors of, of society and so in actual fact we're playing with vulnerability from the first time that we actually start the drama exercises and and it's the improvisation and the speed of which those workshops happen kind of just separates the conscious conscious brain from the creative brain and it's actually quite powerful to watch a tough kid tats all over his body nice and chunky with a really thick accent and stuff be a vulnerable uh, human being on stage it's actually quite engaging and quite disturbing to watch and so therefore the content also plays in those areas too because it's very, very important that uh, as a society we ask questions of violence and of cycles of violence and we need to really drill into the uh, the ethics of all those situations. And I think the schools and the organisations that engage the Youth Express um, program do so because there's not a lot of vehicles or environments where you're allowed to ask those questions. And I think the arts is the last place in which you can actually ask the mm. real questions, which is why? Why are we doing this and why are we allowing this to happen? And I think maybe because of litigation or maybe because of KPIs to tick for the education system, we're not allowed to stir up dust. The arts does and theatre does. And so I think that's why we've had such a successful program for the last 15 years. Yes. Great work in the community. And we're speaking with James Winter, who is a theatre director and currently the uh, contracted with Belvoir's Youth Express Education Program. Now, James, uh, I understand you've worked in Indigenous communities as well. What are the differences there between, say, inner city Sydney and and working in, out in the desert or in the bush with Indigenous communities? Well, Indigenous communities um, experience uh, shame. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting and delicate uh, place that you operate in when um, working with Aboriginal Australians uh, because shame is a way in which the community maintains somebody's um, uh, sense of being equal with everyone. So when you're playing in the arts or most definitely the performing arts, its actual promise is for you to be elevated and pushed forward. It's a core principle of culture is shame. So there are quite a few elders within different communities that really break that down for young people who are engaged in these kind of programs that the shame issues aren't so prevalent because what you're doing uh, by engaging in this program is you're elevating Aboriginal culture and you're not elevating your own ego. Whereas... 
I guess in urban cultures, young people have so much access to social media and, and mm. uh, um, broadcasting themselves for right or wrong reasons that um, you never, ever experience, uh, let's say, the cultural shame that you would have when working with Aboriginal. If anything, you're actually dealing with a imposed identity based on how they want to be portrayed within a social media environment and then the harsh realities of that very rarely being what the individual is <laughs> like as a person. Mm. So it sounds like you've learned a few things from working with the Indigenous communities. Mm. Just speaking more generally, what do you think you've learned out of this whole program, the Belvoir Express program? What I've learned as a as an artist is how to simplify a uh, quite complex process down to the nitty-gritty of someone actually just telling a story as simply and as truthfully as possible. No smokes and mirrors, no um, need for you as an artist to show off. This is not about my imagination or my abilities. This is actually about the um, special moment when someone has trusted a process, trusted themselves, and then trusted the strangers who appear in, uh, you know, as the audience in the um, performance. And that that's actually the core principle to, to life and to success and to happiness is trust. I guess it always, for me, has really, really profound humanitarian or humanity issues for me. And um, so every single project I've worked with over the last many years has always reminded me of how human and how failed I am as a person. And um, that's a very, very special gift that they give me. Mm. Well, I, I wish there were more people like you doing this work in the community. Is the primary purpose in putting on these plays to educate those seeing the play or is it for instilling confidence in the performance or a bit of each? I always say to the young people it's actually about educating the public. Um, you've got, you know, uh, 15 minutes to stand on a soapbox. What are you going to say and what, how are you going to change people's perceptions of yourself or of your community? So I always believe it's about educating the audience. However, the program on paper is about confidence building and creative expression for the participants. And I think that very much does happen, but I think it's a lot more powerful when you push the um, the lesson to be learnt onto the public than it is to these young people who um, it's quite a miracle that they get up on stage in the first mm. place. Mm. And, and so are these plays open to the public? I mean, how do we access this program at the Belvoir? Yeah, unfortunately not, and I, I, I totally agree that they should be... Um, somewhat private they are only um left the only people who can go and see it have got some kind of personal connection with the young person on on stage so that could be a juvenile justice worker mm. family members health workers members of the the youth service community who have engaged with these young people so what often happens and this is the beautiful thing is that um one of those workers works walks away from the performance going i never thought that Adrian, let's say, could ever achieve that. So their perception of that young person changes mm. quite phenomenally. And then, of course, that would change their relationship from then on, which is very, very powerful. We did think about trying to make it public, but it's very important that the work that we do allows a young person to disclose as, as truthfully as possible. And sometimes that means that the information 
may get them in trouble in the future. I mean, they're young people at the moment, so there are, some of them are under 18, under 16. Um, and so they have an opportunity in New South Wales law to have their uh, criminal record wiped as an adult. And so therefore, um, this is another opportunity not to have anything recorded and not to have any members of the public in there who might be their future employees mm. down the tracks. So I suppose uh, an, an ultimate success for the program might be if some of these young people actually go on to become actors. Yeah, you know, I've been in the field for many, many years and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> but um, I think what it is, uh, I think about this all the time and many people ask me, um, it must be incredible because you're changing lives, but you're not actually changing lives at all. You're actually a part of a much more complex process of hopefully giving these young people a positive experience that as a culmination of positive experiences that then gives them the change that we so hope for them. Uh, most definitely this one solo experience would not transform them. Mm. Um, they might have a quiet moment of feeling confident and feeling like they've met a fear and can achieve something a little bit greater. It definitely is a, uh, is a process of many, many people involved in these young people's lives slowly transforming them into the um, potential that they, that they most definitely deserve. And are there any topics that are off limits? Like, for instance, we've talked about the Indigenous community uh, where suicide is rampant with young males. Would that is that a possible topic for a play? Absolutely, yeah. If mm. it comes from the young people, if it comes mm. from the discussions that you hear at Smoko, or um, even from the improvisations that come out, if if it comes out in the workshop or within the context of the workshop, it's absolute material that we could use. I make sure that the environment is that we have no censorship, so we're allowed to use um, swear words, we're allowed to use a vernacular that they use. It is a, it is most definitely about them um, not being afraid of not achieving the the written tasks. So um, if you can't spell, if you can't write, it doesn't matter. We can find ways in which you can contribute to the project. So I've had many students who have entered the program um, not speaking, and they may have not spoken for like five, six years. Mm. Uh, and then in the course of, of two terms of program, they've they've... Um, said the last line in the play and that is a phenomenal um, achievement for that young person well i'd like to think that if they can get it out in the open i'm just thinking again about this suicide issue in the in the indigenous community i mean it it may have a very good effect on on these young people not feeling they're all alone and that they have to deal with their problems by committing suicide. Most definitely. And in order to be able to build a, a, a show, whether that show's only 15 minutes long, you've, there's a lot of discussion and there's a lot of investigation in it. But it also means that you've also got to take on the perspectives of many different um, people who are affected by the said issue. So mm -hmm. I think the most powerful thing of the um, investigation with drama and writing productions is that you actually have to think about the effects of everybody else, not just the individual who happens to be the lead character or whatever, 
Um, so you flesh things out in a three-dimensional way, which I think is actually um, a really free-spirited way to discuss some really intense um, issues, but also break down the stereotypes of those and, and also the taboos to throw it completely open to um, a, a complete rethink. Now, the Belvoir Theatre, where you present the plays, has had its own financial strains in recent years, and it's great that they are supporting the project. But uh, do you think other theatres might take up the challenge in years to come? Well, in actual fact, the, the Belvoir Youth Express program is uh, funded through donations and gifts, so um, philanthropic um, organisations and also individual donors. So when we talk about the um, program only being open to, let's say, stakeholders of the young people, there is also quite a significant volume of people in the audience who are actually the givers, who make the mm. project possible. Um, when I started, it was actually a legal firm that used to fund the program too. So, uh, there's a lot of, of, of very generous people out there that keep that program alive. Um, but yes, most definitely, there is um, something very profound and very strong about uh, inviting and throwing the doors up are open to a um, arts institutional organisation to let street kids, people who are street dependents, people who have got some um, issues uh, in regard to engaging with mainstream society, to walk through your foyer, to walk through your admin block, to use your theatre space, to use your rehearsal rooms, to use your costume rooms. Mm. And one thing I love every year is... The, the women who work in the costume department just thoroughly enjoying, also kind of slightly dreading, but thoroughly enjoying watching a young person from this program just completely transform when we get the costume right and they feel it and they feel like it's, it's representing the character and they feel good and they say, you know, something like, um, I just want to thank you very much for your time. And we all just walk away going, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is with some of the people that, uh, some of these young young people in trouble that you get to deal with. And, yeah. And and so there is a benefit to the community, of course, in, in getting these young people engaged. So maybe even the government might come to the party. Yeah, you'd think so. Who'd know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've reached a stage of the program, uh, James, where we ask our guests to pick a song and... Uh, I've asked you, would you like to nominate a song for yeah, us? Yeah, look, it actually um, has no relevance. Oh, it does actually have some re relevance to what we're talking about, but it's just been playing in my mind for a very long time. And it's Elton John's um, Rocket Man, because I just love it. And also my dog's called Rocket, and I'm a man, so maybe that's why. <laughs> Away we go with Elton John. She packed my bags last night, free flight. Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out of space. Such a time Let's light I think it's gonna be a long, long time The touchdown brings me around again to find 
Cause ain't the kind of place To raise the kids In fact it's gold as hell And there's no one there To raise them If you did And all the science That was Elton John. He was singing Rocket Man for our special guest today, James Winter. James is a, a theatre director and uh, contractor for the Belvoir Youth Express Education Program. James, it just remains for me now to thank you very much for being on the program. So uh, we wish you every success with your program and uh, thank you once again. Thanks for your time. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from any of our listeners. You can go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au and send us an email and we'll be in touch. And if you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our shows, go to our website, dadsontheair.com.au, or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. So that's it for this week, and we'll be back next week with another show on Dads on the Air.